Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We are Brian, Nathan, and JC coming to you for episode 110 right here on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast where we exist to help and encourage those whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism in the church and to challenge those who promote tradition over scripture. Fellas, how are we doing this week? Doing fantastic. You know, there's a cold front coming through. I'm a little shocked by it, but I'm still doing well. 41 degrees here in Virginia right now with the wind blowing like crazy. I'm thankful for a nice, warm house. Hey, I impressed my wife tonight. I I actually proved to her that I'm a fire builder. I actually hit the button on the remote on the gas logs. and That a baby. (laughs) Fire, baby. Well, it's it's 56 degrees here in Anderson, but I just want to tell you that's that's a cold front to me. It feels yeah. cold here, and it's it's probably nowhere near as cold as where you're at, Brian. But guys, I got to be honest. I'm I'm feeling a little uh, down in the dumps. I feel like playing the blues just a little bit right now. You ever get in those moods? Yeah, every day. Yeah. I, <laughs> so it hits me maybe twice a month. I don't know, but. Honestly, I've got a really good reason right now. Uh, I wish I was in Louisville, Kentucky right now. So many of the RFP fam, some of our uh, podcast hosts are at the T4G conference, the final together for the gospel conference in Louisville, Kentucky. And I had a ticket, guys. I purchased a ticket and I was going to go and it just did not work out. So I was able to sell the ticket, but I've been streaming it all, all day. They actually are, are streaming it online live for free. And I've kept up with it. I'm a little bit behind on the last session. HP Charles, I think, is about to bring a sermon. So, man, I wish I was there. But I know the guys that are there are having a blast. So are they changing the name to separated for the gospel or is it going to, sorry, I, that was a Brian joke and it was welling up in me and I had to let it out. Well, you know, Nathan, if I, if I had a seat there, I would give it to you. I'm not against any of those guys, but I've got a confession to make. I sat through a Mark Dever sermon once. It's the longest one I'd ever heard. And, uh, I was literally, I was on the verge. I I looked at the guy next to me that I didn't know he was sitting in the pew beside of me. And I said, I wonder how many times I'll have to hit my forehead on that wooden pew to knock myself out. And he literally said, I don't know, but I'm counting. And then I'm following, (laughs) but a while back, I actually prayed right before HB Charles preached. Come on. uh, Yes, greatest moment of my life, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> you do y'all what, like going to conferences? Preach. I love it. Do you? Yes. Do you like them, Brian? You don't look like the kind of guy that would like conferences. Well, there's people and there's crowds, and yep, you have to be with peoples and crowds. So not so <laughs> much. See, I'm going uh, next Wednesday. We have our final college nights, and then my team. We're jumping in the car and going down to Atlanta to the Orange Conference. And I don't know if y'all have ever been to the Orange Conference. Yeah. You get a bunch of youth pastors yeah. in the room. That's my kind of party right there, man. It's fun. They have Seriously Night, which is just straight stupidity. I absolutely love it. It's a load of fun. But the thing I don't like is breakout sessions. I don't know. Nate, you you, you strike me as the kind of guy that would sit at the front of the room with your laptop out and take notes at breakout yes. sessions. Is that you? Yeah. 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 I've never been that guy. Like I, I, I will avoid breakout sessions at all costs if I can. I don't know why, but I love the main sessions. 
Well, you guys actually witnessed me in action at a conference. I slipped out, went to eat, <laughs> came back at the end and pretended like I'd been there the entire time. That's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's how I me. do graduations. After 19 years in student ministry, I've learned you show up at the end to take pictures on the field and you don't have to sit through the entire boring graduation. Youth pastor's tricks. It's great. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do Brilliant. that at weddings because if I'm not officiating, I hate being at weddings. <laughs> but oh well. Uh, when they call you, you got to answer. Speaking of calling, um, I, I was interested. What is what does y'all's voicemails sound like? Nate, what's your oh, voicemail? Dude. I I had I don't even remember the last time I changed my voice. Hey JC, just call yeah. us. And play it in the microphone. Okay, y'all want to hear mine? Let me let me do this. Let me let me call Brian real quick. Hang on, Brian, hit ignore like you always do. <laughs> hey, this is Brian, and thanks to modern technology, no need for hieroglyphics, no need for smoke signals, no need for the Pony Express. <laughs> you don't even have to lick that nasty glue strip on an envelope. Just wait for the beat. And then leave a message. That's all you have to do. God bless. Have a great day. <laughs> oh, it's classic. <laughs> uh, hey, Brian, you actually updated yours recently because I think for about six years you had the same one. Do yeah. you remember what it used to say? I, the gist of it, you know, I'm I'm the son of great parents, uh, the husband of a, a beautiful wife, the father of amazing children. And friend to some of the greatest people on the planet. If you fall into any of those categories, then leave. I think there was that one. And I've, I've had so many different ones. Hey, <laughs> but you guys know my voicemail always stays full. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I actually have people who get so angry with me because they will actually um, call me. And I had this one and a friend of mine finally threatened my life because <laughs> it would say, you know, time is the most valuable resource you have. Mm -hmm. So don't listen to this voicemail and then waste your time by not leaving a message. Make <laughs> your life count and leave a message. And then that's it goes, the one I remember. Beep. The mailbox is full. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, I was shocked that I actually got through the other day and I left you a voicemail. It's the first time I've left a voicemail because I wasn't able to make it through. Some hey, I'm going to call you, JC. I want to see what yours is. All right. Earpiece, not the mouthpiece, Nate. Hey, this is JC Groves. I'm sorry I missed your call. Leave me a message or shoot me a text message. That'll probably be the quickest way to get in touch with me. Thanks. Have a great day. <laughs> hey, That's straight boring. to the point. I'm calling Nate. I think I this is Nathan. Please leave a message or shoot me a text. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, is that all you could come up with? <laughs> uh, hey, sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> Uh, JC, what made you think of that? Well, I called your voicemail the other day and I was just shocked and awed at how clever your voicemail was. And I was like, <laughs> I got to leave one. And so uh, I actually changed my voicemail to say something funny and it didn't work. And so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's the thought that counts, but. I love it. Cause, cause sometimes my voicemail hasn't been picking up. It's just been going to that four, two, three. I'm not going to get my number out because some people would freak out about that. Um, but oh, it, would, yeah. it would, it would pick it up and it would just read the, the number there, but I don't know. 
It's just, I wondered how many voicemails you had on and if you ever do listen to them. Why is it that we feel the need, though, to say the same thing all the time on voicemails? People know what to do with voicemails ever since answering machines. That's just one of those deep questions I guess we'll never know an answer to. Yeah. This is this is pointless banter to give somebody a ruffle that, why are they talking? Who do they think they are talking about voicemails? Because you know somebody's going to dictate everything we do. But let's give some good news. How about that? You want to do that? Oh, come on. I'm so ready for we got for a couple of announcements. News. We've been talking about some exciting things that are coming up for the RFP. And um, we're excited to let you know a couple of those things. One... Uh, we have teased this a little bit, um, but coming this summer is going to be the RFP camp meeting, and uh, we're going to be getting together. Date and location will be announced real soon, uh, but we would love to see all of you at the RFP camp meeting, and uh, we are finalizing those dates and that location now, and uh, I would expect a uh, announcement very soon um, once we can get that, but we're we're not doing two meetups like this past, last year we did a South and a Midwest, and we're just doing one camp meeting this year because, you know, trying to get everybody's schedules lined up is kind of crazy, and so uh, this will be our one for 2022, and so We'd love for you to come and join us. It's going to be, uh, we're pretty, pretty sure we're going to do a Thursday night session, a, a Friday morning session, and then a Friday evening session. Um, and those are going to be packed full with some absolute incredible stuff. And uh, this is going to be the first camp meeting I'm super excited to be part of and go to, come that's on. for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely awesome, and uh, we'll be looking forward to it. I think people can expect some good preaching and some good singing and no legalism. So that'll Come on, man. Yeah, be I've fun. said before, I love camp meeting atmospheres. I love the food. I love the people, the singing. The, I love preaching, man. Mm -hmm. I love exciting preaching. So I think it's going to be good. We're looking forward to it, and we'll be sharing more as we get some dates nailed down. But J.C., We've got something yeah, buddy. incredibly exciting coming up in the month of June. Yeah, so month of June, we are getting on a plane, Brian, Nathan, and I, and we're heading up to New York City, and we've been invited to come to Brooklyn Tabernacle in uh, New York, and we're going to be sitting down in Jim Cimbala's office and recording an episode uh, with him. And uh, he has been an incredible influence in all of our lives. Brian, you've got to spend time there. And uh, man, I, I've never met him uh, except for one time at a quick pastor's luncheon in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so I'm excited to get to hang out with him. And uh, we're going to be talking about some uh things that he has uh, come up with for pastors, as well as just hearing his stories. And my goodness, I can only imagine the stories that this man has. And uh, I'm looking forward to that trip. So boys, the RFP is taking over New York City. We've already done Vegas. Let's go to New York. What do you say? I think it sounds awesome. And uh, I've never had the privilege of meeting Jim Cimbala, but uh, I had these preconceived notions about him. You know, that you you hear these things growing up ifb and basically anybody else that's not your brand is mm -hmm. off off out of bounds and and you're encouraged not to listen to them not to run with them and to watch who you run around with because it might rub off on you and that type of thing well when when i started going to calvary chapel the staff went through his book fresh wind fresh fire 
Awesome and I remember yes. just thinking, oh boy, here we go. What is this? And man, God just absolutely captured my heart in that. And it was powerful. And I want to go ahead and encourage our listeners, if you haven't read it, go ahead and order it right now. Just take my yeah. word for it. You will not be disappointed. It's awesome. And it will encourage you to draw closer to Jesus Christ and it'll make you love him more and serve him better. Well, he's a super soft-spoken, really humble guy. And uh, I know a few staff members there and mm -hmm. they're the same. Uh, there's a pastor there on staff, Pastor Hammond. He is an amazing man. I can't wait for you guys to meet him. And uh, I'll share the story when we do the podcast episode. But guys, I can literally tell you that because of the power of prayer, and the people who are committed to prayer at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, I'm still married and I'm still in ministry. Mm. God in my life personally worked mm. a miracle through the Brooklyn Tabernacle and their commitment to prayer. Mm. And so that place is absolutely precious to me. That's awesome. Man. We're excited about this trip. We want to thank Kimberly Hawkins, who is RFP fam, and uh, she is uh, pastoral support there at the Brooklyn Tab, and uh, we are so excited. She was actually on the Wheel of Fortune a few years ago, or a few months ago, actually, and uh, they posted that in the RFP group page, so we want to thank Kimberly for lining us up with this interview, and uh, I'm excited, boys, to not only get on a plane that we don't have to wear a mask on anymore. Did you see that mask mandates I are sure lifted? So, yes. So we'll be flying to New York with no mask and then get to New York and put the mask back on. <laughs> hey, speaking of will of fortune, have, you know, it's, it's believable. She's from New York and she's on will of fortune. Have you noticed you've never heard that person on will of fortune that says, well, how about giving me an A? Like they're never on there. <laughs> so basically no one from Virginia, Georgia, or South Carolina. Right. Well, I don't know why it is, but I've said to people before, like if your brain surgeon walks in and says, now what we're going to do is go there and cut off the side of your skull and open that thing up right there. <laughs> like if that happens, you're out of there. Uh... Uh, Vanna White is the youngest looking 90 year old you've ever seen though. So, <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. So that's coming up June 16th. And then we've got the RFP camp meeting, a lot of things coming up uh, that we're super excited about, but I'm excited about today's episode, episode 110. And uh, Brian, do you want to set up what we're talking about today? You know, JC, after several recent conversations and, and pretty intense conversations, and then through those conversations, reflecting back on my own personal experience, I just believe there's a lot of people who are held hostage to their past, mm. held hostage to the regrets of their past, to the legalism of their past. And so I think it would be good for us maybe just to have a little conversation about that so that people will realize they don't have to be held hostage. Amen. I think about the words of the apostle Paul. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on or pressing forward to those things which are before us or ahead of us. You know, the word forgetting means dismissing from your mind. Just, just letting go of those thoughts. And, and guys, if anyone had a lot that they needed to forget, 
it was the apostle Paul hmm. because he hmm. hadn't always been Paul. There was that time when he was Saul. And, you know, if the three of us just took a moment and reflected back on who he was, think about the acts of violence that he made possible against believers, the screams of mothers as their children were being ripped from their arms, fathers being killed for their faith in Jesus Christ, and, and all of those things. You know those things haunted him. You know they mm, did. Sure. He had to be able to say, forgetting those things which are behind. Mm. Yeah, in in our background, we've all been through things that, you know, we experienced hurt. We experienced things that people did to us. And, you know, that, that may be a little bit different than what Paul experienced because Paul was really the one that was perpetrating these things against other people. So, you know, sometimes it seems easy looking at a guy like Paul saying, hey, sure, he wanted to put his past behind him and let go of it because he had done so many things wrong. And, and you've, we've all heard the stories of the people that God saved out of gangs, murderers, things like that. And, man, they're just so thankful and grateful for their salvation. And, you know, then there are people that, that are saved and they've, ex they've experienced hurt in the church from the people that were called to love them. And sometimes it's hard to let that go and walk away from it. So Brian, when we, when you shared this idea and this topic with us about being held hostage, man, there's, there's something about having to move on. And JC, I was listening the other day to our very first uh, preview episode. And uh, man, I'm glad that's in the past, but I was listening <laughs> to it and, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we've moved on, we've healed, we've put this stuff in the past and we're over it, but we want to talk about it to help other people heal. Well, guess what? Over the past two plus years, I've discovered I had a lot of healing to do. Yeah. There were still yeah. a lot of uh, wounds that had been covered up, maybe mm -hmm. band-aids put over them. But I was still bitter. I still had some things in my heart that God's allowed me to process and work through. And, you know, I, I think I'm still working through that. But I don't ever want to be bitter, guys. I don't yeah, ever no. want to be a victim. And even though I've been victimized in my life, there have been things done to me. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to have that mentality. But I also don't want to tell our listeners, I just get over it, move on. You know, mm -hmm. you're okay. No. You right. got to process this. You got to deal with it. So if you realize I am held hostage or I'm in a situation of bitterness or whatever, you know, I think we've got some advice tonight to give some people where they can truly seek healing in their lives because that's something God's done for each of us. I think if there's been one complaint over the last two years of doing this from the other side, if you will, is that, oh, these are just bitter guys that didn't get their way and so they're going to start a podcast and they're going to they're going to talk about how hurt we are and go on there and whine and moan and try to get people to leave the IFB and that could not be further from the truth um it really couldn't we have like you said i mean we are still processing through 
And I'm right there with you, Nathan. I mean, there's been some things over this last two years that I've found healing from uh, just by talking it out. I mean, you know, I mean, Brian coming along because me and you've been having these conversations for a while and then bringing Brian along and getting another perspective of it and hearing his side of the story. And I think what this was is <laughs> this podcast is, is exactly why we started it. It was us having a conversation around a microphone and inviting people into that conversation and the name Recovering Fundamentalist is because we have been getting to that point where we are moving on from that, but our past does not define us. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, right. we're not living from the past hurt. We're not being held hostage from the things we're learning from that looking at it as pastors and as men, how to not redo that in our ministries. We're also wanting to give help to other pastors and people in ministry to to identify these markers and to not go down that road, as well as help people. Um, and the RFP fam is, is very wide. I mean, there's a lot of people from so many different walks of life um, that are coming in. And if you're part of this RFP fam group, uh, you see it. Uh, you see posts that are on there of people that are fresh out. Um, you have some that have been out, if you will, that are a little bit further on in their healing process. Um, and then they will turn around and almost in a way judge other people who are right out of their, uh, you know, the, the pain, the betrayal, the hurt that they've been in. And, you know, we've got to be very careful to not judge somebody based on the chapter of their story that we're walking in on. And, mm. you know, that's something that I've had to stop in a way wow, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I get a, uh, frustrated sometimes once or twice when we get an email from somebody that is bringing up something from a year and a half ago, from episode 12 or 14. And I'm like, what are they? Why are we've already talked about this? We've moved on from that. But that's where they're at. That's where they have come in to the story. They picked up the RFP, they found a title, they've started listening, and they're at that level. And I've got to stop in my brain and put myself back in, okay, that's where we're talking about, you know, grace, or that's where we were talking an interview with this person and, you know, and try to remember that story. But th that's been the, the, the guardrail for me, I think, in moving forward for myself is not judging based on the chapter of their story that I'm walking in on, but learning to give grace in that as I'm finding healing and as others are finding healing. And I think that's a big thing for all of us especially the RFP fam, because, you know, I, I've read some things, to be honest, from folks that are like, uh, you know, we just seem to turn on people too much in that group. Well, a lot of times it's people that are, in a way, it's almost like you you learn how to walk and the crawlers are still crawling a little bit and they're not yeah. able to do the things that the walkers are doing. Um, you know, we've got to help and exhort and challenge and encourage and we're all in this together and that's where i think it's very important that this episode is going to be able to help yeah and uh, imagine if we invited a hundred wounded people into a room like yeah. physically wounded yeah. people into a room as they bump into each other as they get too close th there's going to be some <laughs> disagreement and yeah. people that have been wounded in church i mean it's We've experienced things in the RFP group, and yes, it's a virtual room, but it's a room nonetheless, and it, it it's messy, guys. 
And we've even yeah. reached points of frustration where we're like, let's just stop it. Let's just let someone else start a, a room. But honestly, it's so important to what we're trying yeah. to do. People need a safe place to work these things out. And honestly, a huge part of the Christian life is learning to forgive people that, that step on your toes and that wrong you and hurt your feelings. And there's no way, I know I've said this before, but there's no way to extend grace to somebody if if they don't offend you. So yeah. we yep. we need to be willing to do that. And we've got to remember that hurt people hurt people. It's yeah. not necessarily in a way always on purpose, but it's just an acting out from the circumstance of the moment that they're in. And we want to help give some guardrails to not just lash out in a way or just we understand that there is hurt that we're not diminishing the hurt at all um yeah. i know you know all three of us and you can look listen back to 110 plus episodes where we have had moments where we talk about the hurt we we get that we have been yeah. there done that got the t-shirt we understand that we are not diminishing that at all. And there's the knuckleheads on Twitter that will be like, church hurt is not real. Uh, you know, there's no church hurt. It's, it's, there is. And a lot of us have experienced that. The problem is, is we're not going to lay down and quit. We're going to keep pressing forward. And that's the thing that we want to do, especially with this episode, is to encourage you to not quit, to not give up, to deal with it and move on and, you know, not forget it, but keep pressing forward and let that, let, let that make you a better person. Yeah. So Brian Edwards, you are one of my, everybody knows this. You're one of my personal friends. You're also a mentor and you've been a pastor to me over the past. And it's uh, hero. Ex exactly. Told yes. you you're my hero. Okay. <laughs> So right, I tried to do the so Brian Edwards singing. It didn't work. Moment, JC, I was I trying to have a moment. I there, hate dude. those moments. That's why you, I always have to interrupt them. JC, so, <laughs> so what I was getting at is, Brian, you're someone that I trust. And yeah. I have had to walk into your office before and sit down. And I've had to call you. <laughs> and we've had many driving down the road on the cell phone type office moments where I've just asked you to help me process something and you've spoken wisdom into my life. So I think we've got a lot of people that are listening right now that would love to have a yes. session with Pastor Brian Edwards. What would you say to someone that walked into your office and sat down and said, you know, this was done to me. This is what happened to me. I just can't seem to get over this. They're living in the past. What would you say to someone in that situation? Uh, well, the first thing is, you know, a hostage is someone who's held against their will. Hmm. But then other people are hostage because they give power to something and they let that thing hold power and sway over them. So there are some people you feel trapped in a situation that has you held hostage. The pastor's wife who says, I'm married to my husband who's a pastor. He's legalistic. I, I've moved past that. I, I understand differently now, but I can't just openly rebel against my husband. And so I'm trapped in this situation. I'm the victim of his legalism, his mindset. That person's in a difficult situation. They are placing themselves under the authority or they are under the authority of another person. And then there's other people who are held hostage by false promises, fear promises, 
that were made to them. If you walk away from fundamentalism, you're going to lose your life. Mm. Before you know it, you're yeah. going to end up in divorce court. You'll be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You'll be a drug addict. Your children are going to rebel. You can't believe how many times people who have left fundamentalism have gotten cancer or maybe their children, you know, were Goodness. in the hospital. I've actually had those people get in touch with me and ask, is this God judging me? <laughs> the preachers told Unreal. me that this might would happen. And so there, there are people who are hostage for different reasons. Um, and, and whether that's you're held captive and you, you have no authority, no, no opportunity to be free from that, or whether you've just given power to something in your own mind, regardless, perception is reality. And if you are a hostage, you're a hostage. But Nathan, this is one thing I would say uh, to everybody listening. There's two incorrect ways that people often respond to their past. They either dwell in it or they dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people right now, you're, you're living literally a reoccurring Groundhog Day you're living in hmm. your past. You're remaining in the thing that has caused you pain, the thing that has broken you, the thing that you know is not healthy for your family, the thing you know that has not fed you spiritually, the thing that has not really taught you God's word in a way to equip you to be a fully devoted, developed follower of Jesus Christ. And so you're dwelling in it. And then there are a lot of people who dwell on it. You're leaving fundamentalism, but all you think about are the hurt, are the hurtful moments, the things that were done to you that were wrong. You just constantly relive that over and over and over again to the point that it becomes your identity entirely. The conversation in your mind is louder than the conversation or the voices going on around you. And Nathan, I think there's a lot of people, JC, I think there's a lot of people who dwell on their past so much so that you never really experience the fullness of the grace of God and the power of the grace of God. You know, Jesus led people from where they were to where he longed for them to be, from who they were to who he longed for them to be. You remember he said to the disciples, follow me and I will make you to become. Now I know there's going to be a lot of people going to struggle with this. I know he said, I will make you to become fishers of men, but I want to ask every single listener right now, if you truly follow Jesus, what is it that he will make you become? Who is it that he will make you become? Because there are some of you, he will make you become a person who realizes you have freedom in Christ. He will make you to become a person who finally releases your past. He will make you to become a person who knows and realizes that you're perfectly loved by God and that casts out all your fear. And so rather than being that person who dwells on your past or who dwells in your past, be that person who leverages your past and realizes that God can use your past in a powerful way in your present and in your future. 
I think it's important to remember that nothing we have been through will be wasted, that God can yeah. use all of I that stuff. That. God can use all of that for our good, for his glory. And I think you guys would agree with me as unbelievable as it sounds, our hurt actually serves to deepen our faith and not upend it. Like we are stronger today as followers of Jesus because of those things, because we've had to learn to depend on him. Um, I think Brian and Nathan, have y'all ever experienced, and I know I've talked to a lot of people and I don't know what this mentality is, but they almost, their hurt becomes their identity. Like yeah. they can't, they can't break free from that because it, their, their angerness or their bitterness or just the event or the, and, and I know, please listen, we, we know that there are so many different varieties of church hurt from physical, sexual, mental, emotional. Um, we are not, uh, we, we're broad brushing when we say church hurt. We understand that there's many different kinds and Good some point. people's hurt does not leave scars. Other people's do. Um, mm -hmm. Please, please hear our hearts in that. We are not saying that we're, we're not trying to minimize your hurt in any way. But how do we find freedom from that hurt to move forward, to find, you know, the, that what has happened in this hurt and in these moments does not define us, but it is giving us a platform to move forward from that and not get bitter, but to get better so we can thrive and not just survive. You know, all those cliches like, Brian, what, Nathan, what would y'all say to somebody that, their hurt has become their identity and how they move forward from that. Yeah, Nathan, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, good on I, the first thing I would say to anybody, and we've had a lot of these conversations, so this isn't theoretical. Uh, the first thing I always say to people who've been through things is that I acknowledge it. It's real. Yeah. Uh, yes. that, that hurt is real. And JC, you, you even alluded to this that there's hurt in people's lives that you can explain it a thousand times and no one else can understand how deep sure. that betrayal was, how, how that emotional or physical abuse hurt you deeper than even the physical scars, because yeah. it all, it usually involves someone that you trusted, someone that you love, mm. especially a pastor, someone that you, that you look up to, that you, uh, you know, equated sometimes with God himself as being someone who's the man of God. They spoke for God and it yeah. feels like a betrayal from God so many times. Yes. So I would say that we acknowledge that, but I also always remind people that we are here and we exist because we desire your healing. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to stay there. We believe in the miraculous healing power of Jesus Christ, and he can heal the deepest of wounds. That's what been one of the just highlights of this journey through the RFP is we've talked to people that have forgiven sexual abuse, that have forgiven spiritual abuse, that have forgiven physical, you know, emotional, deep abuse in their lives, mm. and they've found a place of freedom. I mean, we even see this so many times on a national level when someone kill somebody's child and they stand up at the trial and they say, because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I forgive you. Remember a few years ago when a mass shooter shot up a black church and as they were worshiping and so many of those members went to his court date and said, 
we forgive you. We love you because of the grace of Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven. You can be saved. And man, mm. what an absolutely powerful yeah. testimony. So we acknowledge your hurt, but we also want you to find healing. And JC, mm. you went the exact place I was going. This is an identity issue. Yeah. Brian, you bringing this up, it's an identity issue because in our culture, we all choose to get our identity from somewhere. It's, mm -hmm. it's not created in a vacuum. Yep. It's not, it doesn't come from a void. We get our identity from somewhere. Most men, I would say, just speaking to us and a lot of ladies, but most men in our culture get their identity from what they do, from their career, from their abilities, from their accomplishments, from how good they are at sports or we're at sports in high school or whatever, you know, we'd love to hang on to those things that, that we experienced that were good and they become our identity. The, the money that we've made, the friends that we have, the popularity, the platform we built. Pastors, how many people they had on Easter and then the next week, how many they don't have. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even pastors yeah. have to deal with this and we get our identity from what we do. But there's another place that people get their identity, and this is usually an abusive environment, and mm -hmm. this is when people get their identity from what has been done to them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I've been there in my life. I've been there where I felt like a victim. I've been there, and I, as I said, I was truly victimized in different areas, and that became who I was. And it became, it began to define me. And, and that's a dangerous place to be because the ultimate identity factor for a Christian shouldn't be what I do, what I've done. And it definitely shouldn't been what has been done to me. Our identity comes from what has God done for me? Mm. That's grace. God mm. has done something Amen. for me to set me free, to forgive everything I've done against other people and to forgive, to allow me to forgive everything that's been done to me. Now that is a process. We don't try to force people on that journey and we don't tell them how long it's supposed to take them. And uh, I just think we need to remember that grace is essential to healing. When we understand what God's done for us, we can get our identity from him. Man, I love that. You know, good, I saw a movie um, a few years back. It was a true story. It was a group of, I think, air, airplane pilots. They crashed and they were held hostage. And uh, they were literally put in small little cages. They were beaten. They were abused. Uh, their bones would be broken. They were mm -hmm. fed very little, just enough to make them survive. And, and often, you know, these men who were holding them hostage, you know, they would urinate in their food and, and just do whatever they could possibly do to torment, torment these men. And then there came a day when they had the opportunity to escape and the door was flung open. And I'll mm. never forget how excited I was when that scene, you know, of them running away from their tormentors, running away mm. from what it, held them hostage, running away from those little small cages. I'll never forget the excitement that I felt during that scene. It's not by accident 
that Paul connects forgetting the past with running. Yeah. God calls us to something greater. What what's mm. before us? What's waiting us? What's waiting for us? Mm. And and we're running toward that. Not that we've attained. All of us are still in the process. All of us still are in desperate need of God's sanctifying work in our lives. All of us are in need of a greater measure of grace, a greater awareness of who Jesus is. But I'll tell you one thing we're doing. We're running from what once held us captive. We're running from what once was our identity, and we're running to something greater, which is a greater prize that is only found in Jesus. That's so good. I think there's a process that I've learned because it feels like it feels like hurt in a way, betrayal. It, it, it it's a cycle, and it's going to come back yeah. at some point. It's not just like a one-time thing. It's going to continue to you're right to happen. And and not, and for the sake of this podcast, I don't want to dive too deep into this story. But there was a part of our life at one time years ago. Um, actually right before my son was born, my oldest son, that that we lost a job. And it was the first time my wife had experienced church hurt in, in a really big way. And guys, I mean, we were at a point where it was it was it was really bad. And we we, we didn't know how we were gonna keep the lights on. We didn't know where food was gonna come from. Um I was I, I was in miserable I was miserable because I, I had a brand new baby boy and I wasn't able to provide, uh, went back out on the road singing with three bridges, you know, thankfully, thankful for Elliot McCoy and them guys giving me that opportunity. Nathan, man, he was pretty much my only friend during that time. I mean, it's like betrayal and hurt and all that stuff that is, you just, you feel alone and you feel empty and you don't know how you're going to make it to the next day. And my wife, I mean, she, she was, she had never experienced that to that level. I mean, she would go to Walmart at one or two in the morning. So she didn't have to see people, you know, when buying a little bit of groceries to get us through that day. And it was just, it was tough. And, uh, and we learned something during that process that we needed to kind of, that, that I've learned that all these years later, I've had to put in place again and again because there's been certain circumstances where hurt has come back up. And I think, I think some of those things is, is that the first thing we had to do was pray. We didn't have anybody to turn to physically. Um, and so we just started praying that God would Mm. help us during this situation to learn that he is still faithful and that he is still good. Um, you know, when you experience that hurt, you've, you've got to go to him in prayer the second thing, and this is a hard one to do, and this finally came about, but I think it, it it's the Matthew 18, 15 is confront the offender. Um, you know, I we moved to Utah, was out there for two years, and then God brought us back to the same town, and I went and confronted the offenders, if you will, and just told them, hey, look, you know, we're coming back to this town, and, you know, the lies, the the gossip, whatever, you know, we know it's not true, and long story short, I forgave them, and that's a hard thing to do. You got to confront, but you also got to forgive, and I think it's important to understand forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not pretending it didn't happen. Forgiveness is not pretending it didn't hurt. 
but it is a releasing of a debt in certain ways for me that I had to walk away from that and let them know that I'm moving past that. And I, and, and then I think what you have to do also, and this is something that Nathan was for me is find a, a faithful friend, like a loyal friend, a partner, somebody that, that really believes in you, that is going to be there with you and for you. And, and, you know, I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast so many times. I mean, you know, at, at some of our lowest points, we've been there for each other and Nate was there. Um, you know, he, he helped us walk through this at a pretty, pretty big time. And then I think the, the biggest, the other two for me was commit to act in love. The easiest thing to do in that is to lash out and to, you're going to say some things you're going to regret. You're going to burn some bridges you might want to, or will need to walk back over someday. Um, you know, is, is maybe not, not always just uh, respond immediately, give it a break. And then I think the next step is just repeat. And, you know, for me, that's where Kim and I have been over these last, you know, 17 years is, is finding this pray, confront, find some loyal friends, forgive, repeat, you know, and, and I think for some, you know, that I don't know where you're at in this process, but it's important to get to a place where you can't stay stuck you've got to keep moving forward. Cause if you stay stuck, my daughter loves sloths and she was talking to me before I came here, sissy. She was talking to me before I came here of, of the sloths that will, uh, you know, get moss growing on them because they're barely moving. And sometimes it will just confine them to that place and they get stuck And that, that moss that was growing all over that. I just saw the visual of like, that's kind of how the hurt, it just kind of becomes part of us but we've Man, got to keep good. taking those steps to break free from that. And it gets you to a place where I've said this on this podcast so many times is we don't live from acceptance. We're living for acceptance. And, you know, that doing those steps help us find freedom to move forward, to not have to worry about the hurt. And what are they saying about me? What are they, what are people going to think about me? But just understanding who my identity is in Christ and realizing I'm a son of God and I can move forward in freedom and know that that happened for a reason. And I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to grow from that as a leader, as a man, as a dad, as a husband, as a student pastor. Um, but I'm also going to move forward and let him continue to lead and to guide. And so I don't know. I just, thanks for letting me share that. Cause I felt like, you know, in those moments, these, this has been something in our life that seems to be a recurring theme in certain ways. And especially over these last two years, there's been many opportunities for this to, to come up that has right. almost, we were out of this <laughs> and because of the yeah. podcast, we've stepped back into the thick of it again. There's a TikTok into the thick of it. Um, you know, we're back into the thick of it again. The <laughs> tickety talk. The tickety talk. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that we did. And I'm glad that I got you two guys here with us. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Like, uh, we're, we're pressing forward and you guys, if, if this hasn't helped anybody, you guys have helped me continue mm -hmm. to grow, um, over these last two years. So I want to thank you for that. Man, I'm grateful. Yeah. JC, I want to pat you on the back. I know you're uncomfortable with this, but I watched you through this recent experience we had with, uh, you know, the, coming out with yeah. a statement of faith and some disagreement within the RFP community and the network and the page and all that. And man, you, you're a very passionate guy. Like no one's <laughs> ever said that, that you're not, you are a passionate guy, but you and I have a lot of 
one-on-one conversations that nobody else hears about. And the three of us have, you know, conversations amongst us. And I, and I watched you grow through that process. Mm. And I don't even know if I've told you this yet, but mm. that hurt you at a level that, you know, mm. at, at certain, certain places, like you were, you were even tempted to lash out and you reached out to me and I was like, man, what's, what's really going on here. And, and it just kind of <laughs> came out for both of us at the same time that we're trying to help people and we're yeah. trying to love people and provide a place. And then it felt like some of those people turned around and stabbed us in the back. Mm-hmm. And whether that's what they were trying to do, that's what it felt like to us yeah. at that time. And I watched both of us and we, we took a, we took a lot of, uh, uh, hits and uh, things for stepping back off of social media. People said we were cowards <laughs> and called us a lot of other things, but honestly we had to. And yeah. I watched you grow and I watched how you chose to step back and decided personally how you were going to respond to some of these things, some changes that you were going to make. And then we had a conversation accountability between the three of us that said, Hey, if our names are going to be attached to this, yeah, this is how it's going to have to be. And we held each other accountable and guys, we're just, we're constantly growing. And that's part of our identity in Christ. Yeah. And Amen. you know, if, if, if our identity is in Christ, what is it that, that God sees when he looks at us? Mm. What is it that God sees? What is our identity? Not what we feel like, not what's passing, not what's anchored to our feelings that, that's changing and fickle. What is our true identity? Well, the Bible tells us that we're loved, we're chosen, we're forgiven, we're redeemed, we're adopted. And, and guys, that's just a drop in the bucket of what God has to say about us. Amen. Well, you know, sometimes you have to ask yourself hard questions. And I want everyone to ask themselves this question. If Jesus Christ could save you from your sin, do you believe he could save you from your past? Mm. Do you believe he's powerful enough to conquer the grave and he's not powerful enough to conquer the thing that has you confined? That's good, Brian. I think a lot of times we have to have difficult conversations with ourselves. I know, you know, when I left fundamentalism and my revival calendar emptied out and all of these men that I believed were friends through thick and thin um, come to find out they were fair weather and conditional. Mm. When I when I learned that what I'd put my hope and my trust in, what I even believed I was, who I was, when all that started collapsing, you know, you find yourself having to depend on Jesus yeah. in a way that you haven't before. It's true. You know, when Peter started to walk on the water, I know we've heard this said from the pulpit so many times. He did fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. And, you you know, think about it. In that storm, Jesus was the only thing that wasn't being impacted by the storm. The boat was reeling and rocking. The ocean was mm. reeling and rocking. The wind was blowing. Everything around them was being impacted by the storm except for Jesus. But instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus, Peter looked at the storm. And I think so often we we get so captivated by what's going on around us or what has gone on around us 
that we just fail to look to Jesus. And the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm. Yeah. Our faith has never been a de- denomination. Our faith has never been a religious system. Our faith has never been a set of traditional standards or traditional practices. Mm. It's always been Jesus. Amen. And we just have to learn to look to him. And then another part of being freed from from your past and being held hostage is you can't keep living in light of it. Yeah. There had to come a time when I just had to say, this is eating me like a cancer and it's not affecting them. Like I'm angry at them and they're going to Denny's after the revival meeting and laughing and telling all those same racist, I'm sorry, jokes, jokes. Yeah. They're just at Denny's telling all those same jokes and you know, they're not being impacted by this. Why am I letting this bruise and beat me? I just can't keep, keep living in light of this. And, and I can just share this real quickly, if you don't mind. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 13, the Apostle Paul said, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Mm. Notice he referred to that as his former life. He wasn't held hostage by it because it was his former life and his confidence in the saving power of Jesus Christ was that Jesus could save him from his former life. And listeners, you've just got to believe that he can save you from it. That's who he is. He's savior. Yeah. And I believe that God is always working. It might be behind the scenes, but he's doing things you're totally unaware of, but one day you will benefit from, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes it feels like he picks us up and puts us in that big old cosmic blender of time, if you will, like doesn't put the top <laughs> on and turns it on high, and everything's just flying all over the place and yep. making a mess, but he's making something beautiful out of mm-hmm. something messy. you got to trust yeah. the process because what he's doing in you is so much more important than what's going on around you. That's good, yeah. Brian. Amen. Another thing that I believe has helped me in the past, and I think it'll help a lot of people, is read biographies of Christians who suffered. Read the mm-hmm. stories of the martyrs. I, I was reading recently of Corey Ten Boom, who suffered greatly. Yeah. I mean, she lost family members. She was part of the resistance to the Nazis, was rescuing Jews, putting her life on the line. She ended up losing a sister in concentration camps. She was a abused brutally, physically, sexually. Uh, She lost her father. Uh, So many things happened to her. And she tells a powerful story of how she was teaching one day about the healing grace and the power of God. And afterwards, one of her former guards walked up to her and she said her heart just went cold and she froze. Mm -hmm. And she said in that moment, she had to pray and say, God, I can't do this. But through God's power, she was able to look at that person that had abused and I believe killed her sister. She looked at him yep. and said she loved him and she forgave him. And I think she hugged his neck. And, and you know, there's a, a verse in the Bible that says something about we haven't yet resisted to blood. You, you know, we, we haven't, Christians today, uh, most of us haven't shed 
blood and suffering for Jesus. Now, some of our listeners have shed blood and they have scars from physical and sexual suffering and things like that. And we don't want to minimize that. But as you read stories of other Christians and martyrs who suffered and gave their lives for the cause of Christ and yet forgave people, Stephen, who was mm. echoing Jesus' words when he said, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus from the cross saying the same thing, that it's, it's just powerful to know as Christians we are connected to that type of forgiveness and that type of grace. And guys, I would I would love to finish out this episode just reading some verses from God's Word about how God views us as believers. So the first place we really get our identity in Scripture is Genesis chapter 127. It says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. 1 Peter 2.9 You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And yeah. before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I love this one. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. And by the way, guys, there's a lot of things that we just have to die to. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jeremiah 29:11. For I, for God, knows the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 1 Corinthians 12.27, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. Wow. John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father I've made known to you. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. See the kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why this world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are now God's children, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we mm -hmm. shall be like Him, 
because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So Nathan, how fitting to end on that verse Amen. that it points us to who we are and what our future looks like. <laughs> you know, when I was a little boy, I was riding a bicycle and I wrecked and it made this deep gash on my hand. That gash now is just a scar. Mm. It reminds me of what happened, mm. but it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> and uh, you may be reminded of your past, but just be reminded of who you are in Christ and the future that he has for you. The wound Amen. doesn't have to hurt. God can heal that. You may still know the scars there, but you don't have to live with the pain. Can I pray Amen. for everybody? Yeah, yeah, please. Heavenly Father, for those right now who are held hostage, like the young lady that I talked to not long ago who stood and cried uncontrollably because of the hurt that she's lived through at the hands of legalism. She's in that difficult space between who she was and who you're calling her to be. And God, I pray also for, not only for healing for those people, but then, you know, just like the young lady sometime back that was discovered who had been held prisoner uh, by a man who abducted her when she was just, I think maybe 12 or 13 years old, they had to guard her to keep her from running back to the one who had actually held her captive. Lord, I pray that you would guard the people who are hostages right now, who've been set free, guard them against running back to that, that they wouldn't believe the accusations that people make against them, that they wouldn't believe that defines who they are, but God, that they would believe that you define who they are. Set them free from their fear, set them free from the chains of legalism, set them free from the oppression of the tradition that they were in, set them free so that they can experience true freedom in you. Lord, we pray healing over our audience, not in a charismatic way, but in full belief that you bore our stripes on the cross and by your wounds we're healed. Lord, we believe that a spiritual healing can be ours. And so God, I pray that you would help everyone in the RFP audience and family to believe that even right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, I, I listened to a podcast last night that I want to give a little shout out to and also uh, encourage folks to go listen to also. It's on a Control Freaks Christianity podcast. Um, it's some new friends of ours, Joe and Rachel Tenney, and uh, it's an episode called Our Hardest Episode Yet, and uh, they get real and raw and honest with some abuse and former hurt from parents and their pastor. And it is in time, like they're living through this right now. And uh, I listened to it last night, literally about 2 a.m. Uh, I popped it on and I immediately sent Joe a uh, message on Twitter and just said, hey, bro, praying for you, powerful podcast here. Thanks for your open honesty, your transparency. And he said, this is how we heal and if it can help others. And so I would encourage you to go and check out the 
uh, that podcast and just give it a listen. Also, it'll it'll help you um, as well as as this one. Finish this one. But if you're at this point, you have finished this one. Now you can go listen to that one. That's all, and, folks. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm <laughs> I'm rambling. I'm done. Gone to meddling. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, guys, I love you. It's uh, 110 episodes. Wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Uh, this podcast and I appreciate you, fellas. I feel the same way. Hey, everybody, be sweet. Peace. Let's go. Got it in. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.